This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Am I ready? You goddamn right. Welcome to the Full Blast Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Jeff Fader, and before we get into it, let's talk about a couple of our sponsors. I saw this weekend my friends at Broadback Ironworks, makers of the 2x72 Grinder. This is a dynamite piece of equipment, and the boys had a great time. It was good to see Ben. It was great to see Ryan, and uh, it's, an awesome, it's an awesome piece of equipment. Uh, if you need a grinder, if you're grinding knives, if you're grinding wood, sculpture, whatever it takes, get yourself one of them Broadback Ironworks, and if you go to Knife Talk 10, you're going to get 10% discount off your grinders your attachments your parts you wanted to build it yourself you can build it yourself you want them to assemble it they'll assemble you want to paint it you want them to paint it whatever you want you get yourself one of them broadbacks they got new stuff coming in uh talk to ryan he's got a couple new attachments it's going to be real super duper helpful especially for all you knife makers out there and uh, i love their stuff i love everything they do and uh they're very uh they're just a great guys very supportive of this of the maker community. So many thanks to my boys over at Broadback. Go to broadbackironworks.com, promo code KNIFETALK10, 10% discount. I saw my boy Spence at Maker Camp. Spence is from Evenheat. They are the manufacturer of the finest heat treat ovens available. Go get yourself one of them. Evenheats, if you go to evenheat-kiln.com, Check out their tap controls. Check out their solid state drive. And if you're like, I don't, it seems all too complicated for me. I just want it to be simple. They got the turn and burn. It's the old design that they brought back for Neil Kamamura, and it's just a dial. You just want to get it at 1475? There you go, 1475. I'm with you. So go check out what's going on at Even Heat. Once again, another amazing company. Uh, Spence and his family uh, are fantastic, and it was so great to catch up with him. And uh, they're a great family. I know his wife. I know his kid. I know his dad. I know his brother. It's great. It's just a wonderful family, and they have awesome customer service. And if you're heat treating anything, knives, hammers, tools, you need something, you know, you get clay. I'm sure you can get one of them pottery kilns. Go over to evenheat-kiln.com and check it out. Ask him questions, too. I missed Nordic Edge. You know why? Nordic Edge is in Australia. They ain't coming to New York. So Nordic underscore Edge are the makers of Pro Tools for Knife Makers. They're the, they're, they make file guides, screw on with screw on carbides, non-magnetic, non-magnetic stainless steel, won't rust. It is a dynamite file guide. They've been giving makers the edge since 2015. Uh, they're in Australia, and they're very involved with the knife-making community. They got Jamie Bishop working there. You got Jamie Bishop over there. I mean, that Sausage Man Forge, you got him involved. That means you got something good. So go check out nordicedge.com.au. All your knife-making needs, all your belts, abrasives, all that stuff, handle materials, whatever you want if you're in Australia. And if you want to take, take some classes... Nordic Edge take teaching classes. They're teaching blacksmith classes. They're teaching bladesmith classes. I mean, if you want to find out if this is for you, go check out what's going on over at uh, Nordic Edge. And uh, definitely get supplied there. Definitely take some of their classes. And um, I'm very impressed with all the things that they do. So once again, many thanks to my friends at Nordic Edge. Uh, Maritime Knife Supply. I saw, I saw uh, Lawrence Lake. Lawrence brought down... Uh, 
Noah Vachon, and I hung out with Lawrence. He's such a good guy. He's got a lot of good things going on. He's going to be doing some changes to the website, figuring things out. He's trying to make knife making in the United States and Canada easier. He is a knife maker. I saw him forging an integral bolstered chef knife. He's forging it. He, he's forging an integral bolster. He knows what he's doing. He's very involved with the New England School of Metalwork to the point where it, you can actually donate to the New England School of Metalwork through Maritime Knife Supply. He does tons of support with them. If you need belts, if you need abrasives, if you need anything for knife making that you think you need or you really want, get yourself some Damasteel. Get yourself some Gator Piss. Get yourself some combat abrasives. If you think that you need something, tell him he's also he makes knives too so when he makes knives he also knows how you know what i could use a, a broaching tool all right i'll find a company that it, if i need it maybe someone else will need it so I, it was really great to see lawrence lake he got me some of that hex 1080 steel for uh making uh it's 1080 for forging integral bolsters and that was really cool i really appreciate it, it was good hanging out with him good hanging out with noah for sure we'll talk about that and if you go get yourself some of that uh, 10 pack of abrasive belts you're going to get 10% off so definitely check out what's going on with maritime knife supply many thanks to my boys sam evans and jeff over at thf that's trojan horse forge makers of the stable rail knife finishing vice they are awesome this knife finishing vice is really like it's must have if you're finishing your handles if you're if you're hand sanding steel this is it for you uh, you should definitely check out what they got going on and just to let you know it isn't just the stable rail knife finishing vice they also have uh, new attachments they get this new attachment that allows you to use hold the blade in the vise and then there's a press that allows you to press your your hidden tang knife on and hold it while it glues so check, check, definitely check that out and I've been using the T4 Sentinel oil and it's great it's great stuff I all my uh, all my friction folders uh, that I brought up to maritime uh, up to maker camp i use the t4 central oil i think it's really great stuff and if you wanted to be an affiliate and you wanted to say hey listen i'm gonna make a couple bucks you could call them up go to trojanhorseforge.com send them a message saying i want to be an affiliate for the t4 central oil i'll send you a case or you'll buy a case and then they'll sell it well i don't know how they do it but you could make a couple extra bucks and be uh be a uh, affiliate for them so definitely check out the TrojanHorseForge.com and uh, payment plans available. Definitely get the vice. The vice is dynamite. Uh, I couldn't say enough great words about this vice and all. These guys are terrific too. Uh, Baker Forge and Tool. I was kind of hoping to see Baker Forge and Tool up there. I, th I thought Koi, Koi may or may not have come. I don't know if it's his vibe or not, but he was definitely missed. Baker Forge, they just got a new space. If you go follow him on Instagram. They do a good job over Baker Forge and Tool because they're asking their employees all these questions. But the questions are just like, these guys look like they just, it. if you watch the videos, go to uh, Instagram, follow Baker Forge and Tool. It's like these guys are working and their faces are covered in dirt and they're wearing their aprons and they're they're tired. They're, it is as if Koi went into the shop while they're in the middle of forging whatever, the Tiger Meyer, the, the Copper Mask is. It's like they pulled them out outside into the back and they just started peppering him with these absurd questions. Would you rather have fingers for toes, or would you have have uh, you know? Or would, if you would, if you would, how how long could you last if you had to fight a hundred, you know, preschoolers? It's just like, and these dudes are just like, I just gotta, I have to make my Damascus now. I think there's like a, some sort of, I think we have some sort of deadline. And then they'll ask other questions like. 
who do you think would last the longest in a fight? And these guys look just dead. They look like, why am I, why are you bringing, why are you bringing me outside to ask me such questions? I don't know. I don't know how many kids I could fight off before I'm overtaken. Don't I have some Damascus to make? Don't I have some Gator Pistamix? Yes, I have some Gator Pistamix. Go get yourself some of that copper mine. Go get yourself some of that brass, that bronze mine. How much is it? Brass mine. Get some of that brass, uh, bronze mine and get it because it's great. And if you're a stock removal guy, this is the stuff for you. They're too busy asking the boys tough questions to make. They're making the, the boys ask answer easy questions because they want to make the steel easy for you to work with. And I'm telling you, I'm an idiot, and I can make this stuff work. I can hit the core. I can make sure that I got the copper on both sides. I can make it equal, and I'm a dummy, guys. I'm a dummy. I'm not going to – I don't pretend like I'm some sort of whiz. I'm not a whiz. I'm a dope. And I can, if I can do it, you can do it. So go get yourself some of that Baker Forge uh, over at bakerforge.com. And you can get 10% off all of it, anything you want, if you put in the promo code full blast. Also, funny enough, we were talking gator piss over the, over. everyone's talking about gator piss. What the fuck is gator piss? And it's this etchant that the boys figured out how to make. And it's uh, partially, it's pre-mixed, uh, uh, pre-mixed ferric chloride and water and it, uh, or something else. I don't know, 100%, but it works terrific. It's really very, very good. And everyone's using it. And the people who don't like the name, they're still using it to, anyway. And somebody said to me, I think it was Steven, on my buddy, Hey Bud, and he says to me, he's like, you know, you should go into business. You should, you should go up against uh, Baker Forge and have fader piss. I was like, how can I not, how did I not, how did I not realize that? I should go up. I should. I should compete against Baker Forge and have fader piss. But you know what? I can't do it. Because there's a million ways, a million reasons. I cannot start a business off a name. I can't do it. However, ba however, Coy, if you ever decide you need to, if you need, if you need my name, let's talk. Let's talk a little business. We'll do Gator piss, and then Gator piss 2.0 will be fader piss. And then I'm going to have to answer a million questions. And I take it back. I don't want it. I don't need it in my life. I don't need... That's just what I need. I get enough problems. Can you imagine? Can you imagine knife makers are already complaining about the name Gator Piss? If you named it Fader Piss, I just would have... I would be my relentlessly... Ball. I mean, it is funny, and Steve did a very good job, but I would be relentlessly mocked and excoriated and you'd see comments like, I hated him before on Knife Talk. I hated that guy. Now I hate him even more. I don't need that. All of a sudden, it went from a funny idea to my mental health is in, in, the, in the balance. So please, Koi, don't name it Fader Piss. I don't know if my, my ego could handle the shrapnel. 100%. But definitely get some of that gator piss. And if you are in the EU, go to um, go to uh, DIYEurope.eu, uh, DIY and they have gator piss in the EU. And I'm telling you, it's great stuff. It's really great stuff. It's way better than fader piss. That's for sure. Fader piss ain't going to do nothing. I mean, you get the gator piss. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I've said enough. Get yourself 10% off. Full Blast gets you 10% off. 
uh, over at BakerForge.com. Next, I saw my friends at uh, uh, Total Boat. I saw uh, Shipwright Skills, my buddy. They were having a good old time over at TotalBoat.com, and they were at Maker Camp making all sorts of stuff with epoxies. I love their two-part epoxies. I was talking to Keith Johnson, and he was asking me if there's different... He's like, I know you like the... The one, uh, the high performance epoxy, but they have a thicker epoxy that might be easier for you and it might not run out. They have different types of epoxies. They have, you know, and this is all for boats. People say to me, well, it's total boat. Yeah, yeah. What do you think the rest of them are for? What do you think that the, the real, the real test would be? for an epoxy it would be if it can keep a boat afloat that's good enough i mean don't you think i mean jeez get yourself some of that total boat get yourself some of that two-part epoxy check out what they have apparently they have a lot of different stuff you know viscosities of of uh, epoxy and it's all for boats it's all marine great i hear people say i only use marine great the name's total boat i mean what i mean what else what else do you want Get yourself some of that Total Boat. Go to TotalBoat.com slash Full Blast. Um, and, you know, support them. I've Keith Deason, Derek from Alden, Keith Johnson, Keith Mitchell, all them guys. And my boy, Keith Deason. We got to talk about Keith Deason. He's making something special. Uh, G.L. Hansen & Sons, the makers of G-Carta. That's the unique composite of natural fibers, fabrics mixed under epoxy with pressure. Uh, it is awesome. And if you get yourself some of that, Bofa, Ripple Cut by Tuxini, Mikey Mikey, or Mickey by Mikey. Wait a second. My bad. <laughs> Not Mickey by Mikey. Bofa, Ripple Cup, Tuxini by Mikey, Mahi Mahi, Radio Worm, G Carta, Pheasant by Mikey, Colorama by Mikey, Hoopla by Mikey. If GL Hansen sounds smart, they would do a Mickey by Mikey, but that ain't, that, ain't my, that ain't my decision. I did get to name one. I got to name a variation of the hoopla called Electric Fuzz. And if you go to G Carta at gcarta.bigcartel.com, you can check out, get yourself a set of scales. Get yourself some of that beautiful, colorful scales. Make your life better. Make your life better. Everybody's life better. Uh, definitely check out what they got going on. If you follow them on Instagram at, at g.l.at. Uh, underscore <laughs> wait let me start over at in in op dot at dash it's uh just kidding it's at g dot l dot underscore hansen and sons go check out that get yourself some of that uh g carta and and then you can buy it at g carta dot com and all the links are in the show notes of where you're listening to this. So go check that out there. And then last but certainly not least, my friends at Tormac. I use my Tormac today, my Tormax, because I'm fancy. I got, I love these Tormax. I'm amazed at how great they are. And one of the reasons why is because you're, it's like what you just, it's like a whetstone, except for it's moving. So you're not moving, it's moving. And you can use a jig. And the jigs are great. You don't have to use a jig. It doesn't matter. And they have different grits, and they have different types of stones, and they have uh, the strop is really great. And I have three because I have three different grits. Get yourself, look into them diamond stones. Those things are sick, 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 and it's great. And they're celebrating 50 years in business with the black T8 sharpening system. It's definitely great. I love it, and I'm a fan of Tormek. Uh, uh, go check it out, at Tormek underscore... Uh, sharpening on, on Instagram and check these guys out. Listen, these guys are supportive of me and I really appreciate it. And um, I love Tormac and I love, I love all my sponsors. It's great seeing them all. So here we are. Here we are. I did a nice bit. I did and I had some fun times this weekend. I was at maker camp. I sound like shit. And that's because 
I feel just a little bit like I did a lot of screaming. I did a lot of screaming. You know what I'm saying? So what I did was I wanted to talk about Maker Camp. I want to give a rundown. I want to tell some funny stories. I want to tell you a story that I regret. I did something that I regret. I'm very regretful of something that I didn't tell anybody. There's a couple guys who know. I did something that I really, really regret. So we're going to get to that at the end. But let's just talk about Maker Camp a little bit and the people and stuff like that. But I want to give kind of a backstory because you're going to see a lot of in, uh, influencers and Instagram people and Facebook people talking about Maker Camp and what Maker Camp is. So, and I feel I feel very fortunate that um, me and the guys at the Modern Forge were kind of like institutional in the whole thing. So it all really starts back about six or so, six or seven six or seven years ago. And uh, I do hammer um, probably a little more than that. I do hammer ins. I go to I used to go to a lot more hammer ins. Um, Pre-COVID, we went to a lot of hammer-ins. And the guys we would do a lot of hammer-ins with were uh, John Ariani, that's Sunset Forge NJ. Love, love Sunset. Uh, Cliff Dufton, that's CJ Dufton. Jesse Savage and his wife, Carrie Savage. They're fantastic people. And there are other people come. Other people show up to Baskets. Dave sometimes comes. And we get other people come here, here and there for the, for the, uh, for the, uh, the hammer-ins. And they were awesome. And all of a sudden, we, we would have hammer-ins at John's place. I think we probably had a hammer-in here once or twice, and then, you know, whatever. And then a number of years ago, Cliff had been, uh, had been uh, asked if we wanted to do, like, a booth at Maker Fair. You know, Maker Fair was their Maker Magazine. It was Maker, Maker Magazine was a giant DIY magazine. And they would have uh, events, Maker Fair, in Queens, New York, outside Shea Stadium, it was huge, 90,000 people there. And it was a lot of like DIYers. It was like 3D printer guys. And there were like, you know, people who were doing computer generated stuff. And they had booths. And it was like, it was like funzy, computery, sciencey stuff. It was really neat. I remember I took my daughter there when we were, very, when she was very young. And it was a lot of fun. It was educational, but it was also, you know, you could see really cool things and stuff like that. So, so I don't know how John, um, Cliff got asked if he wanted to do a booth, and he just tried to figure out how he could do it. He's like, well, maybe we should just do a, one of our hammer-ins, and then we'll do it at Maker Fair. So he had to come up with a name, and he came up with a quick name, and came up with The Modern Forge, and then he asked John if he wanted to do it. He basically just said, you want to guys want to do a hammer-in and have a booth. So we're like, yeah, sounds great. And then they, you know, Cliff said, maybe you could, you know, Jeff, you could do the the um, explaining what we're doing. That's the thing about blacksmithing; it's hard to talk and work at the same time. And sometimes you need a little kind of a bridge between the blacksmith and the viewer. So it it happens to be when I was at the Center for Mental Arts, I, that was my job. When um, that was my job with. Uh, the school like when John Ledford was forging I would be explaining what he was doing because it just made it much better it's hard when you're talking and forging at the same time it's hard to explain so I would do that anyway I'm like yeah no problem oh as long as I can get a bullhorn and the guys were like yeah fine so I ordered a bullhorn giant bullhorn we showed up and uh we figured it out what we're gonna do John and Cliff brought a uh the press that they made and I was gonna br I brought knife stuff and Jesse and Carrie brought stuff and 
and uh, Cliff figured out how he was going to forge these giant tea lights onto the press because it's super fast and then you know hot and you know squish and loud and then you drop a you would drop a candle in there and then all of a sudden you'd see a uh you'd see this burst of flame and it was awesome so we got there and all of a sudden it turns out that we had like almost the center stage like our booth was in the middle of everything and it was cool because there were like you know there were all these different types of booths with different people doing different things and there were like uh, drone guys and they were like laser uh, like i said they were like uh, cnc machine no i don't know see at the time it wasn't cnc machines it was like i think it was 3d printing machines and there were different companies 3d printers and it was really try to people could build stuff but then also people could see stuff and for us it was just like total demo I got out there and I was like, oh my God. We were like, oh my God, there's so many people. There's 90,000 people walking through. So what I did was I was really, uh, I was, uh, you know, doing all the barking. I was doing all the, uh, I was telling people what was going on and I was with the loudspeaker and then I got a little bit carried away and I'm screaming at people and I'm carrying on. It was like PT Barnum a little bit. And I was kind of dragging people in here. said, don't look at all those nerds. Come over here. This is where the original 3D printers. I was like, carrying on like a maniac. And Jimmy Duresta was there. And I had we told the story. I told the story about how Jimmy Duresta's friend grabbed Cliff Dufton's hammers and hit them together. And we, you know, I yelled at him. And then Jimmy almost killed him. That you got to look, listen to the old Jimmy Duresta episodes because that happened and it was a really funny story. And uh, that came up a lot. And so basically, it was a great event. And at the end of the event, on the second day. They the what Maker Fair did was they had all these judges and the, the judges would award ribbons to the their favorite their favorite uh, event and we were like carrying on and we there was a lot of boom bang and there was a lot of fun stuff and there was a lot of forging and a lot of now we did some group forging and the videos are pretty neat and it was a lot of fun but the but the cool thing was we were totally different from anything anybody was doing there like everybody was doing there was like kind of like computer stuff and like very you know actuated stuff and whatever that means and, and blah 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 so at the end on saturday on sunday they were all the judges were giving all these ribbons away and we i was like one after the other and one we got one now we're, we're like champions and two three four five and six seven we got the most amount of blue ribbons and you're talking about like hundreds of booths you're talking about hundreds of booths that you were talking about 90,000 people came through and obviously they were coming they weren't just standing by us but you know we were making a spectacle and um we were like pretty psyched and then Jimmy came over and we took pictures with Jimmy and the the blue, the rib, blue ribbons and that's where our first time we met Skull and Spades that's the first time I met uh Chris Zeppieri that was the first time you know we had, we had a, we like kind of like got in with them we got in with Jimmy and everything and he was super cool he was super cool he was like so we there's a great picture of us holding up these blue ribbons so later they can't that was it that was it of Baker Magazine went out of business afterwards. No more Maker Fair. I think it was, everybody was very bummed out about it. We were definitely going to go back. They would have definitely had us back. And um, it was great. So flash, for, flash, flash forward, um, they made a decision that Jimmy lives in upstate New York. He's very close with this Blackthorn Resort and the family there. Uh, and they have a young son named Austin who kind of runs the place. Young guy, great guy. 
And Austin's trying to get into the maker community. And he's trying to, he's got a big resort and they have events and they have, I think, I don't know if they have concerts, but they have like rallies and biker rallies and all these events because it's like a campground, but you can rent a cabin and there's, you know, it's the Irish Alps, ladies and germs. So he wanted to get involved. And then Jimmy had this idea, like, maybe we should do Maker Fair, but up here, call Maker Camp or something. So they kind of devised this idea. And then they, Jimmy reached out to Cliff because, you know, Cliff's running our show, which is great. And he introduced him to, I'm, a, I'm a paraphrasing what I think happened. He introduced him to Austin. They're going to do Maker Camp up by Jimmy. And he, Jimmy, and then Cliff says, you know, Maker Camp, Maker Fair is going on anymore, but we're getting this opportunity. You want to do this? Maker Camp. And we're like, yeah, what the fuck? We didn't care. That's the funny thing is like, Cliff and John and Jesse and Carrie and I, we just wanted to be together and forge. I mean, if and people want to watch, that's awesome. So they invited us up and with um, other people, and it was uh, it was fun. And it was like a lot of Jimmy, mostly Jimmy's fans, and Austin did an incredible job. And then he would get, you know, you get a cat, you could can't you get a, get a cabin for the uh, the exhibitors and. They would have, uh, they had food there and then they had events. And then the idea was you could, they would have tents and then you could do stuff. People could come and watch blacksmithing. They could do uh, a little, you know, people, maybe a woodworking company would show you how to forge, you know, whoa, forge, uh, carve something. Or they would have these little booths and you could go there and make a weekend of it. And the first weekend, first year was awesome. It was amazing. And uh, we had an, a great time and um, it was a lot of fun. And it was like, then at Chris, they, Chris Cash, Mount Phillip Metalworks, they got Chris involved as like kind of the hype man of the whole thing. And Chris and Austin became very close and they, they were, you know, they figured out how to do stuff and they got us when they got other blacksmiths and they got Bob Menard from the New England School of Metal, of uh, the New England blacksmiths and Bob brought a truck full of, forges and he brought it anvils and he would teach people how to do it and you could do forging there and then we were demoing and then it was it was great it was, the first year was great and then i'm trying to think if we did the second year i'm not 100 sure but covid stopped it that one year one year it went away and i think it was because covid we we got invited back and then we got invited back and then we got invited back and every year it was amazing and they invited us back and it's always Columbia Day weekend. Tons of, and then as the years progressed, more and more people saw, because the people who were going, a lot of them are Instagrammers. A lot of them were doing a lot of the promotion. I mean, that's the, that's the best part. I mean, last episode, we were talking to uh, Nick Ross, and he was saying, how can we get these events to be more popularized? Well, if you get a pile of influencers who, who need content anyway, YouTubers and, and um, content creators, you got your instant. You got your instant. Uh, your instant thing. We, I, we, we know one guy who, uh, who uh, Echo, Echo Knives, great dude from California. He lives in California. He he came a, a year ago with Dennis Terrell. We saw him again, and I said, I said, yeah, I can't believe you came all the way to float from California. Well, they made a last a last minute decision to fly like less than a week before the event because they said FOMO they wanted they didn't want to be involved with FOMO FOMO's fear of missing out it was so much fun every year 
that it was it was just the whole thing was great they had they had uh so there would be tents and you could see things and you could watch things you could meet people that you know on instagram there's all these goddamn people that you know podcasters were there and blacksmiths were there and woodworkers were there and glass blowers were there and then the even heat guys were there and then there was a as the years grew there was a lincoln electric came and there you could te- you could learn how to mig weld you could go and learn how to mig weld so you'd buy a pass and there could be a one-day pass or you two-day pass you could get a pass with food you get a pass to dinner you get a pass with lunch or no lunch you get a pass with breakfast and lunch you get a, a hotel you know you get a cabin you get a or you get camp it was awesome they, they figured it out and over time it just got better and better so this year's coming around um we kind of had some we had i mean every year we went it, it was great there were some little things that were like you know just nothing nothing i mean nothing it was awesome every time we went we had an awesome time and there was there was no issues the only issue was my issue that i have to deal with and i have to talk about it because i feel terrible about it but other than that it was amazing so this year we're getting ready and uh i was i decided okay because there's a lot of blacksmiths and i don't know how many I don't know how many forges there are going to be. And I want to make sure that it's safe. And last year I got a lot of hot water and knife talk because I talked about I was concerned about safety. And everyone's safety suit. All right, well, listen, I'm about to be 50. If I'm going to encourage you to do something, I'd rather encourage you to be on the safe side. And if that's a problem, then then leave. I, if, if, that's, if that's so bad, I, once in a while I say fuck. And the other time I say, I say fuck on one hand and then I say wear your safety glasses on the other. I mean, it's one of the other. I mean, you can't, you got to take both. Yeah, I take both or you take one or the other. I'll say fuck and I'll say wear your safety glass. That's it. I mean, that's so bad. You can tell it's like yin and yang right there, you know? So I brought it, I was going to bring my anvil and then I thought, you know what? I was going to do friction folders this year. I was going to demo friction folders. I was like, ah, I don't know what kind of vices they're going to have. Maybe I should figure out a way to build this. Uh, you bring a vice, but I don't want to bring the whole shop. And maybe I bring my forge, but I know the Brian House is bringing a pile of forges, and I don't want to bring the shop. But and I was like, all right, I want to bring the forge just for this reason. I don't know what people are going to be forging, and I don't want to walk through a lot of people to get to the forge. So I'm going to bring a forge. All right. The next thing is I'm going to bring my anvil. I have this Peter Wright, which I love. This Peter Wright, I got. I mugged somebody for it. I got I got such a good deal on it, and I fixed it and. It's awesome, and actually, little story about this Peter Wright. There was a famous uh, uh, ventriloquist, and her name was Sherry Lewis, and she had a, a sock puppet named uh, Lamb Chop, and she'd she'd curl up the little f- her face, and then the, the the fucking the fucking sock would talk, and you know, Lamb Chop would talk to her, and she would she talk you lamb chop and she would lamb chop the fuck you sherry and she wouldn't say i wish she would say i wish lamb chop would say that but lamb chop was too nice for that but the woman who made the sculptor who made the lamb chop puppet that was her anvil so i call that anvil lamb chop but you know whatever so i figured that out and i was like ah, maybe i should do a vice and then all of a sudden i thought last year i bought a vice from chris cash and Mel Phillip Metalworks, but like, where am I going to put it? I don't want to make a stand. So I built this. I built this little hardy hole plate that fit in the hardy hole, and then I bolted it together, and it worked great. And I was like, oh, this is awesome! And then all the people were saying, oh, I've never seen that before. And I was like, I'm going to bring that too. 
bring the friction folder stuff due to demo friction folders. I'll bring some merch, which I hate. I hate merch more than anything else, but I brought some merch. I need, I want to make some Christmas bonus money for everybody in the shop, and I want to like get like a Christmas bonus situation going. So I brought some friction folders to sell, and I brought some ultralight MLs to sell. And by the way, if you go to the website, ultralight ML bull elks are on sale, baby. 150 bucks. Get it. Well, that's that's the fader knives, whatever. So uh, the day we're trying to get stuff done, and New Jersey Silveran sent my stuff, and we heat treated it, and we're trying to get ready for Maker Camp. And I'm, meanwhile, I'm talking to the guys, and all of a sudden, somebody says, "The weather, the weather's not looking good for Saturday." And I look at the the weather for East Durham, New York, uh, probably like Wednesday or something like that. And I see that it's gonna rain. It's gonna rain. I'm like, okay, it's gonna rain. Okay, we're gonna be under giant tents. What do we? What do I care if it rains? What do I care if it rains? Go ahead. And then Jesse says, oh, it's gonna be a swamp. And then all of a sudden I realize, ah, well, listen, it'll be a little muddy. What's the big deal? Not a big deal. So we're getting everything ready, and then I've got everything squared away, and we're running through the shop. Made a pile of friction folders, which I don't normally sell. And part of the reason why I don't sell on our website is, is because they're forged and the rivets are, are are forged pins. There's action that can change over time. It's not like a, a it's something that, and, and that's the reason why I don't sell folding knives in general. It's because I haven't figured out how to make the mechanics last for a long time. And if you have a pair of tongs, if you made a pair of tongs, you know that over time that forged rivet gets conditioned, it gets looser. Now, what do you do? All right, well, if you're a blacksmith, you know if it's loose, you put the the rivet side on the anvil, you give it a whack with a rounding hammer or whatever, and then all of a sudden that tightens the rivet up. Well, kind of the same thing with the knife, but the thing is, is like if I sell something to Marcy out in Minnesota or Nebraska or Florida or something that she just sees it and thinks it's a folding knife, first she's not going to read and understand or he or is going to read and understand that it's not a locking knife, that it's a forged knife. But then the other thing is, is I make them tight. And one of the reasons why I make them tight, I call them turnstile friction folders. The washers on the outside of, of where the, the rivet is are uh, New York City subway tokens and they look great. But the other thing is, the funny thing is, is like if you are in New York City and a police officer sees you with a knife, they're going to ask you to see the knife. And when they see the knife, if it isn't a, a slip joint folder like a Swiss Army knife or a Leatherman, and if it's a, if you can open it with one hand, there's a very good chance that they're going to arrest you. You can be arrested for an assisted open knife in New York City. I don't understand why. I know you don't have to send me a message just saying, well, where I live, you don't know, that's bullshit. I understand personally. I don't understand the difference between a folding knife and a, 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 a fixed blade. I mean, if you can get a fixed blade out just as fast as unfolding a knife. I, I, it's not up to me. I don't know. I have no idea. Zero idea. I don't, And I don't care. I just know that I, and I tell my friends, like, don't go in the city with that shit. They'll put you in the tombs, and then it's a long day at the office. So I make the friction folders on the tighter side, and part of it's because I don't want it flopping around in your pocket and opening up. But the other thing is, is like, if a cop ever had to ask, they can't open it. Well, you must have that Arnold Schwarzenegger thumb. You ain't going to open it up without two hands. So that's part of it. So I have to explain it to people. That's the reason why I don't, I don't want to have to 
you know, explain it all the time. Then, okay, at home, if you want to make it looser, you get some soft jaws in your vice, and then you go back and forth. Maybe you throw a little oil in there, and you bingo, bango, bongo. You want to tighten up, you hit it on the on the anvil a little bit, and there's a little work to do. So you can have this adjustment, but it's a little bit more finessey than just like just turn the screw. It ain't like that. So that I'm hesitant to sell them for that reason. But I decided that you know, if I'm going to sell them, I'm only going to sell them at maker camp because I'm going to be there and then I can explain it to your face. And then, and then, then there's no, you know, there's no like, I didn't read that. You said that I'll get it squared away. We'll work it out. Brought some friction folders, brought some EDCs. I brought my stuff. I get, I load the car up. So I wake up in Saturday morning. I'm going to go up Saturday morning. I'm going to say Saturday morning and, and I'll leave Sunday night. I'm excited to see the boys. Pack everything up, get everything in the car. Some of the things in the car, well, I live in a town where I, you don't want to leave your tools in, in your car, in your driveway, just because, like, people, I don't want to, I, God forbid somebody busts into my car. So all I put in my car was the anvil. I thought, if they want to break in the car for an anvil and they can, they can pull it out, God bless them, they can take it. Put in the anvil and I decided to keep everything in the shop and I came in, the, I was going to come in the morning, Saturday morning, and uh, load up and go up to East Durham. So wake up in the morning. And my wife says, let's walk the dogs. I'm like, all right, great. I'll walk the dogs with you. And I get out early, got a Peloton in, walk the dogs early. Had this really interesting conversation. And one of the things we had this interesting conversation was I was all supposed to, supposed to run a panel discussion. So the guy who does the photographs, you've all seen the beautiful black and white photographs of all the people at Maker Camp is Mark Adams. And Mark Adams has been on this podcast. Great guy great guy he's got he's really interesting because he's got he's like he's a little bit i wanted to break his balls a little bit because he's got two, there's like two parts of mark adams there's like there's like smart alecky slightly passive aggressive but funny uh, a little bit of a cutting humor a little bit a tiny bit of like a friendly manipulation this is all mark i know you're listening this is a compliment but then you're like got the crystals and the yoga and the vibrations and the like the new agey shit. So at some point, what I wanted to do is I want to say you can't. I don't know if you're allowed to do both seriously. You, I don't think that you could be Dalai Lama and a little bit of a dick at the same time. However, Mark Adams is fantastic. I love Mark Adams. Mark Adams is my guy. Every time I see him, he always makes me laugh. He's a funny guy. But you got this whole. Dalai Lama, you got Dalai Lama crystals and kind of a problem at the same time situation, which is this duality with him. Maybe that's why he does the black and white photographs because it's all about the duality. It's the light and the dark. That's what it is. I got your psychological profile, Mark. I I got your. I got your. I know. I know all about it. The cuttingness, but then the vibrations. I'm with you, man. You're the real. You're the real Dalai Lama. So he wanted me to do a uh, panel discussion. We did it last year with uh, Josh Prince, Andrea DeLeon, Leah Arapach, Keith Decent. And it was good. It was good. It was art talk. It was a little bit of art talk. So we want to do it again this year. And the problem is, is like, I hate audio problems. That's one problem. I hate audio problems. And the, 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 the even when I have these great conversations with Pat Quinn or... Uh, it's just hard to not get, I want this podcast to have good audio 
And part of having good audio is being really kind of connected to, you're listening and you want the audio to be good. And trust me, when the audio is not good, it kills me, kills me, just kills me. So we're getting, my wife and I are walking and trying to um, kind of, we're talking about, we were going to have a panel discussion on expectations and she and I were talking about it and stuff like that. And we're having this long conversation and walking the dogs. And it's like six o'clock in the morning, six thirty in the morning. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh shit, this is, the conversation was really good. I got to go. I got to go. So I was already starting to go late. And then I, we tucked the dogs back, I got the truck, came to the shop, loaded the truck up. And I, I'm late. And I know that in my mind, I'm just like, I'm late. I'm, I should be on the road by 7.30. I'm running late. Well, I forgot my post vice. And I forgot, you know, I forgot a car, I forgot a chair. And I forgot an easy, I forgot all sorts of stuff. And I take off, drive up to East Durham. I know that I'm half an hour late, but I don't realize I've forgotten all this stuff. I made the, I goddamn, all these people are like, where's your post vice? And I forgot it. I had no idea. So I get up there. It's starting to kind of drizzle, driving up 87, which is an awesome drive. And um, it's starting to rain. And I get a message. I'm like 10 minutes away. And I get a message from Cliff. So I'm wondering where I am. And I'm like, He's, I just drive up to the through the gates and then bucket back at the tent. We'll unload. So I drove up. And it's it's raining, but not I mean, nothing. I mean, it's like sprinkling. So we show up. We unload the... We unload the forge. We unload the this. We unload the that. We unload the this. Unload the that. It's great to see K- Carrie and Jesse as always. It's great to see John. John Ariani is hilarious. I mean, he made me laugh the whole time. And then you start to see people that you know. There's Bob Menard. I love Bob Menard. Bobby! Bobby! Just yelling at Bob. And the coal iron guys are there. And they have their new prototype of their power hammer which we're going to talk about. That was really, really kind of neat, and that's a well, incredible potential. And then I see, you know, I see all the, I see everyone's starting to file in. Everyone's starting to file in. Everyone's been there since Friday. Everyone had a good time Friday. And um, we had a great time. And so start forging. Well, I didn't even turn the forges on, and then the rain starts coming down. And I'm talking, and I'm about an hour after I've set up, and the rain's coming down. Like, Who do I care? We're in a tent. We're in a giant, like a circus tent. And all of a sudden, I start, we start to notice. I mean, literally, after everything's done, we're sitting around talking. We don't know when we're going to start the forges and stuff like that. Fifteen minutes into, you know, conversation, we look down, and there, the whole floor of where our shop, where our, you know, outdoor shop is, there's water coming, like a lot of water. So the water was, the rain was coming down hard. But then... It was all coming downstream. I guess it was coming down the mountain. It was draining towards where our, our our tent was. Next thing you know, there's the water is filling up the tent, the, the the floor of the tent. If you look at pictures, I'll put some pictures in um, on this on the Instagram of uh, Full Blast Podcast Instagram. You're gonna see that there are there's like a slick of water, and when you look at it, it's not like it's damp. It's like you can see the reflection. It almost looks like a stream. Their water is everywhere. And all of a sudden, we're like, now what are we going to do? And the water's coming in, and the water's going down to where the pavilion is. And we just start laughing. And we all start sitting down on the anvils and finding some place to stand that's dry. And at one point, Cliff Dufton's sitting on the anvil. And and then here comes Chris Crisepieri, who's the king of the water. And he's laughing it up. And we're all... 
honestly, we're just laughing. What can you do? You know, I mean, you know, it's hilarious. This is like, this is like some sort of uh, event. The water's coming down through the, the blacksmith tent and everything's flooded. And Bob Menard says, like, I can't run these forges with the water and the water, the forges are all, you know, so he shuts down and then we get word that some of the, you know, the Broadbeck guys have power up there and their tent, they got a power out down. And next thing you know, this, that, the other thing. So we're sitting there like waiting. Like, what the fuck are we going to do? But we're laughing. We're telling stories. Everyone is in a good mood, which is crazy. You'd think that people are freaking out. Everyone was smiling. Everyone was happy. Everyone was having a good time. We're catching up. We're laughing. We're seeing old friends. We're seeing new friends. Hey, you know, look at the water. And then all of a sudden we look down to where the pavilion is and the crew from the Blackthorn are in full bailout mode. They are digging berms. They are making berms. They're trying to make sure that the water doesn't go to the pavilion. And then they're getting bales of hay. And then they're gonna they're trying to make sure that the the, the they're they're carrying out acts of of emergency. It wasn't an emergency, but they're like bailing everything out. Awesome dudes. Awesome dudes. And it's like you can't do anything about it. But the greatest part was, and you can see video of the rain coming down and things getting soaked and stuff like that. And then there's stories. Talk to, talk to Spence over at Even Heat, and he told me the next day. He's like, you know, we were in our cabin, and the cabin was down the, the hill of the, of the, uh, of the where the back, blacksmith tent was in downhill of where the the uh, the pavilion where you eat is the bar, tiki lounge. And uh, he said he was in his room and all of a sudden water started coming up from the floorboards. And he, they just, well, what can you do? They, no one was freaking out. She's like, he's like, I'm not going to call. I mean, I'm sure that, you know, the Blackthorn people are like putting out fires every five minutes. But what's the point of calling? What's the point of complaining? I mean, we started laughing. We got everything on our beds, sat on our beds and took pictures and laughed. Everyone was in incredible spirits. No one was freaking out. No one was throwing themselves around. And it was like this kind of a, almost like a bonding moment. And once the rain stopped and we figured we, they got bales of hay and they, the bales of hay all over the place. I was, I said to, you know, I could tell that, you know, Austin was clearly stressed out. I mean, it was, you know, it was a shit show. The shit show wasn't had nothing to do with them. They had to deal with the issues that they had really no control over. I'm sure they had rain before, but it wasn't like that. They said it wasn't like ever like that. And they never had drainage like that. So we were like, let's go. So the cool thing was, so we were waiting around and our friends, uh, Moonshine Metalworks, that's uh, Steve and Joe, who are like awesome blacksmiths from the UK. Uh, it's also Thornwood Forge. Those guys are such great guys, and they we they said, "Can we forge while your guys are waiting?" And we're like, "Yeah, of course. What's ours is yours." These guys turned the forges on, and they just started forging. You know, d demonstrating. You know, striking. And Joe is a monster. Just a, just a big great guy. Both two awesome guys. Steve's the, the best, and they're we're watching him and we're laughing and meeting other friends everyone's wearing their raincoats and are you soaked i'm soaked all right who cares and there's everyone's starting to kind of get together get over it all and uh we all of a sudden i we got started getting so we started getting well we want to forge too so we lay forge for a while and then we uh we turned our forges on and we started forging and the floor was mud it was like it was like 
brownie batter. It was like thick with mud and water, and they got some more hay for us, and we just started forging. We had a great time, and I, I'll tell you one thing about this event. Now, I didn't hear one person throwing themselves around. I didn't hear one person bitching and moaning. Not one. Everyone was smiling. Everyone had an awesome attitude. And I even saw Austin. I know I know he must have taken some ears off his life. And I said, I just want you to know how great your guys are doing. They had one guy. There was one guy who was like with a shovel. Guy must have been six, six, seven. He was huge. This big beard and a cowboy hat and a duster. He looked like he looked like a cowboy. This guy looked like he he must have been a security one of them security guy. I think I think he got a lot of security guards over there cuz they have or security bouncers types. Cuz I th- I think they do a lot of events with like bikers and stuff like that and I think things get a little bit off. things can get out of hand over there. I mean, I, people have gotten black eyes, black eyes, black eyes at the Blackthorn is probably not uncommon and it's probably i don't think the police come very often so i think they gotta you know austin and his guys have moments and not during maker camp where things need to be kind of adjusted you know what i'm saying and this big tall cowboy looked like he'd done some adjusting you know what i'm saying he did some added i'm not at this weekend but i'm sure in the past he looked like he had adjusted some attitudes at some point in time he, they gave this guy i don't know his name god bless him God bless this guy. He looked like a... And we were watching while the rain was coming down. He's got his cowboy hat on. He had his shovel and he's digging trenches and they're digging berms. And he's just hauling ass, this big, tall monster. And we just turned to each other and like, you can imagine what that guy put his hands on. You, that guy put his hands on you. you you're going to know it. You're going to adjust your attitude. And he was awesome. And all the guys were awesome. So we started. So all that was fun. We were making jokes. And like, I don't want to make, get him angry. I want to hit you with a sh-. He don't have to hit you with anything. I think he just talks. And your attitude gets adjusted immediately. So uh, we laughed about that. And people got some food. And we laughed about that. And then they asked for our names. And John John was making jokes. All these jokes. And they, I, said, I said to the woman, I said, when you call his name, his name's asshole. So she wrote down asshole, and they were going to call out asshole John. Where your food's ready, but she got chickened out. So there was a lot of jokes and a lot of laughing, and then we turned the forges on, and we forged, and then we forged until dinner, and then we fooled around, and then we forged the night. And what's cool was after nighttime, there was like, you know, late night forging, and I was forging with... Um, I was super psyched to see my friend uh, Noah Vashon had come down, and he and I forged a friction folder together, and I forged with uh, with Joe and, and Steve, and we did a friction folder together. And then um, I got to meet a lot of people who listen to this podcast and Knife Talk. Now, what I want to say is, is I was overwhelmed by the kindness of people who listen to this podcast and Knife Talk. So many people came up to us and said such wonderful things. And I'm not a very emotional guy. Trust me. I would far rather talk about uh, uh, juvenile stuff than talk about real emotional stuff. But I was really overwhelmed by uh, the stuff. I I, uh, had a nice conversation with my man David Gray, uh, Adirondack Knife Works, who, you know, we, we had a nice conversation about business and, you know, he appreciated what we do and, you know, c- keeping the idea with these podcasts is we're keeping you company and, you know, we're talking your language and throwing in a little bullshit here and there. 
and I had a real nice conversation with David, and and um, it was really kind of heartfelt, and I just appreciated his. Uh, he was very uh, appreciative of what we do here, and and I the, the, to me this and knife talk are the same, or or brother and sister. And then I had a real nice conversation with my buddy Tom uh, Nugent, as knives by Nuge. Thomas Nugent is the man. He's a you want to talk about a dude, a real hardworking guy. Thomas Nugent, that's knives by Nugent on Instagram. This guy was a police officer in uh, in New Jersey. I believe he's a police officer. He, he was in the, he was in law enforcement, and he just said he's like, you know what? I just you know you only live once, and he was working with guys who you know, we're working for their pension. Next thing you know, they're dying early. And they're like, how are you going to spend your pension if you're dead before you even have a chance to spend it? And he had a, like a come to a come to Jesus moment and, and decided to become a full-time knife maker. And uh, he took the plunge. He took the plunge. He had a, you know, he was a union worker. He had a union job. He's got a pension. He's got all this stuff. And he wasn't happy. Started Knives by Nuge. <laughs> working so hard and uh he's putting in the time and he's putting in the effort he's he's doing all the right things he's just he's just foot one foot after the other and this you know this the the, the real true test is the is how you deal with the fear and he's awesome and it was a really great story it's a really I have to have him on to talk about it because, you know, it was really like we were having a really like intense conversation about the expectations of, you know, people in business on Instagram. And is this, you know, are we, you know, are we not telling the real story? Is it really like, you know, all the all the trappings of some, you know, you know, is it real? What is it really like? And of all the guys I've talked to in terms of how to be a knife maker. I haven't met anybody as honest and as dedicated and as hardworking as Tom. And I would say that it's scary. And I think that he is doing everything right. And I was really honored to kind of talk with him a bit. And we had some real conversations. And look, this I know these podcasts, you know, for some of you guys is some bullshit. But at the same time, I, I also know that, you know, the idea that I really wanted to come across even, you know, I've been podcasting for 12 or 13 years is, is I'm keeping you, we're keeping you company and we we're with you. We understand, but to actually meet listeners of the podcast and talk to them for a while. And it was really kind of heartfelt. Uh, we had a really good conversation with Tom, really good conversation with David and, you know, they got my number. So if they ever need anything, you let me know. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was really, that was a, one of what was amazing to me was Adam, Adam Cypher. It was really great talking to him and, you know, he listens to the podcast and, you know, it was real good conversations. Spent some time with my boy, Mareko Mamasi. I it was one of the best times I had with him because he was just loose and, you know, they couldn't really do a lot of demos because of the, the Broadback tent had a, out of power, but, uh, he ended up, he ended up, uh, we ended up having a few drinks together. We had a couple laughs and. He hung out with me and the guys, and we I bought him a beer, and we, we hung out, and that was really cool, and it was great futzing around with him, and it was great to see Derek from Malden and uh, Keith Johnson, and uh, I had a real good time with Keith. So the second day, so we went to, I, I didn't stay out that late. I had a couple drinks. I think I had like maybe four, maximum four beers. Which is for me at this age, that's a lot. I, it ain't like they used to be. It, it used to be like, you know, four was just like an appetizer, and I could, I could have a, you know, seven beers would be, you know, like 
just the beginning stages. I don't think I had more than four beers, which was a lot. And at a certain point at Maker Camp, they go all night long. You can go all night long. You can drink all night long. Before I started doing the drinking, I had I wanted to forge out some tongs. I always bring material for bottle openers, friction folders, but I, I like to make tongs. If I forge late, I like to kind of try some out, especially because, you know, my family's not with me and I can have the chance to do things alone. So forge out some tongs and I got to use the uh, Coal Ironworks prototype power hammer, which has got a lot of potential. I had a great time talking with those guys. And they were like, yeah, go ahead, give it a whirl. And it's a beautiful machine. It's one of the nicest looking. It will be one of the nicest looking power hammers uh, in the United, built in the United States. It was really good to use it. They're going to work it out. But this was a prototype that they took from... It was the first prototype power hammer. They brought it to uh, Quad State and they brought it here. It was pretty sweet to, to, to see it and talk to those guys. And they're working it out. They're going to have to make a few more. But at the same time, if that's the first one, then, boy, they, they already put 35 hours, working hours on it. And, I mean, if, if, they, if that's the first one then they're going to be, they're going to dial it in pretty soon. So shout out to Cole. Um, it was really fun using that machine and I'm honored that I got to use that. It was also fun to use the Apollo Forge from my boy, Brian House. Brian House of Work For Podcast came up with his wife, Sarah. And uh, it was so cool finally meeting Brian. He was super good. He was super cool. Is that voice is that ah, it's so good to see you. And he wasn't, you know, he wasn't uh 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 what's his face? Gary V Jr. He was great and he was terrific. It was really awesome meeting him and we got to use the 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 Apollo Forges are awesome and you know, obviously this is like the first variation and I would imagine that over time he's going to have little changes and stuff like that. But once again, it's it's really cool to see you know american manufacturing and makers kind of like coming up with real great ideas like yeah it was great to see brian it was great to see brian it was really awesome to see him i wish i spent a little more time with him he was busy he was with jay nielsen and he was with uh he was all over the place but it was awesome the time i did get to spend with him was great i would highly you know next year i'll i'll grab him a little bit and you know he got to learn how to forge a boy the boy will have his life will be better if he actually forges more and then his his stuff will be better. Too. His his forges he'll under he'll have a better understanding of how forges work too. Uh, but it was awesome. It was hot as shit. It was. I mean, the, the boys uh, John and Cliff made some. They made a flatter with, with this giant bolt, and the Apollo Forge heated it right up. That was really cool. Another person who was another maker who's making some cool things is Keith Deason. Keith Deason's been on this show. He has the utility mat, which is the silicone mat where once you mix up all your epoxy and you got extra, you pour it onto the mat, and the mat has all these uh, little compartments that are formed. You know, it'll be a scraper, or it'll be a stirring stick, or it'll be all these little tools that you can use your excess, uh, your all your excess epoxy to kind of mold into these things. And so you go to the utility mat on Instagram and just definitely check out what he's got so he brought some small ones but i've been talking to him for from the beginning and he and i he's gonna he's gonna grab me we're gonna i'm gonna help him make a couple different variations but it is so cool so all of a sudden he goes he's like i got something for you and he just waxed me with what it was like a 
fucking yoga mat this thing is so big it was so heavy it was just, just this huge utility mat and you know it's really cool seeing the ingenuity of these makers and stuff like that it was great to see keith and talk to him for a little bit and like i said we had a good time with the we had a good time here and there and then um next and i went to bed early and next morning went to breakfast started back up did a little bit of this a little bit of that forged with uh forged again with um with moonshine and uh and joe and then Keith Johnson came over, and I, we forged a, a bottle opener with Keith. That was a lot of fun. And it was just like we, we talked to people. We met with people, sold some sold 9 out of 10 friction folders, which was really great. I was really happy about that. Uh, sold some other things, a lot of swag, a lot of hats and stuff and all that bullshit. But uh, it was really great meeting people and talking to people. I didn't get to see enough people. I saw Jimmy. We had a little, a little laugh. And I didn't get to go over to the Broadback. I saw Ryan over, over at Bro Ryan Broadback. That was cool to see him and Spence. I didn't... I, for some reason, I feel like it's kind of my job to stay by our booth. So I wasn't really staying by the booth. But it was amazing. And it was like, once again... Chris Cash was awesome. Zepp was awesome. Everybody was great. Everyone was happy to be there. Everyone was excited. Rain or shine. There wasn't one bad instance. The only bad instance was, was my fault. I will tell you. But I would highly recommend not just like thinking, oh, no, another Maker Camp thing. It was cool. It was really fun. And people are into it. And the, the attitude is very, very good. And then you can make whatever you want out of it. And there were some people who seemed to think that they could forge with us and that wasn't the case. And there was a company that was making these laser cut out blanks. Here's a funny story. Cut, the company was uh, cutting out these laser cut steel blanks for tongs. So there were people who kind of didn't understand what the plan was. So the idea was you would take the tong blanks and then you could bring them back to your shop and finish them. Well, one I guess people were going over to Broadback and using the Broadback to kind of deburr the deburr them. And then this guy comes over. He's, he saw that I was working on a pair of tongs. Well, he didn't realize that I started from scratch. These weren't cut out tongs. I was like started out with some some bar and I'd forged the night before and twisted the jaws and popped the holes and and he goes, "All right, I want to I want to finish my tongs." And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, and he just held up these tongs he got from the laser cut guy. I'm like, "No, this isn't this isn't that." He's like, "Well, you're you're finishing your tongs." I'm like, "Yo, yeah, this is I I start I forged these tongs from scratch. I didn't get them from a a thing." He's like, "Well, I want to finish mine too." And I had there was this real disconnect between what was going on he didn't under he couldn't understand that like he couldn't understand and i had explained it to him and it was kind of funny but at the same time it was like you get a lot out of there i mean people were leaving with the pile of stuff the woodworking and all this stuff it, but you really can't have a great opportunity and you can forge with uh, bob menard he brings a pile of coke forges and shows you what to do and it's just a great event and i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna end with the idea that I did something I wasn't, I, I shouldn't have done. I shouldn't have done it. But ultimately it was good. But it wasn't good. It wasn't good for me. And I'm not going to name names, but I'm going to say that I am sorry. And I'm sorry, I'll tell you what I did. So there were some guys, young guys who were forging, great guys, very talented. And I don't know what happened. There was some, there was wrestling going on, like heavy wrestling. And there were like, Tor there were like torches nearby and hammers nearby and grinders nearby and knives on tables and these guys were like really in this 
youthful wrestling. They're wrestling. And I don't know what came over me. Maybe I was tired. Maybe I was ready to go home. Maybe I was exhausted. Maybe I was I was too I've been on this kick about safety for so long and I'm I and I feel like my goal with blacksmithing is to not only to be less of a comparison thing but more of like this your own journey thing and I don't know what came over with me these guys are really wrestling by the tables and they're just like you know and I just turn around I yell guys cut it out cut the shit cut the shit what the fuck or something like that loud and they stopped like, I don't know what came over me. Like, it wasn't something that I normally do. I don't start barking at kids. And 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 then they stopped. And I'm like, what the? And I just got overcome with anger. And part of me is just like, you know, this is what do we represent? And what are we getting out of it? And I'm like flush with like like rage and like emotion. Not emotion, but like I'm just like, I can't, I'm like, I get all fucking fired up. I look like a hairpin trigger. Guys, what the? F Guys, cut the shit. Something like that. And one of the, you know, they, and these guys are like, you know, young guys who are like wrestling, really wrestling. And one of them, I think he got a little bit, I think he had a little adrenaline in him and he's, what do you, what's up, bro? Or something like that. I, I turned around and I was just like, I was almost mortified that I had said anything. And the boys were breaking my balls. Oh, grandpa, grandpa, get off my lawn. Faders, the old man Faders. Telling him, get off my lawn, you young guys got to get off my lawn. And I deserved that. I deserved that. And I was just like, you know, they were like, yeah, you know, they, they, you know, they shouldn't, you know, it could have been something could have happened or whatever. And it was like, it was over. Got it. Finished it. But I felt bad. I felt bad. Like, in who the fuck am I? Who am I? Who am I to tell people what they can and can't do? I'm not the safety patrol. I'm not the police. I'm not responsible for this. But in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, they view us a certain, they view this idea of blacksmithing a certain way. We should carry ourselves a certain way. Like it's serious. I feel like it's serious. It's not, I don't, I feel as though there's a degree of seriousness, but at the same time, it's like, who the, once again, who the fuck am I to tell some dude, they got want to wrestle, go fucking beat the shit out of each other. I don't, what do I care? What do I care? I don't know what happened. It was the id, the uncontrolled id came out. Like I was more surprised that I jumped ugly than that they, they were wrestling. Like I was, I was a little bit like afterwards, I was like, why the fuck did I do that? Who am I? And I was like concerned. Like I was just like, am I, do I have this anger issue or something? What's going on with me? Who am I? So as it goes on, I kind of forget it. It's over. It's all over and everything like that. And I grab, I, I just come over to the one guy who is incredibly talented. Guys, I mean, unbelievably talented bladesmith. And I go up to him and I said, I just want to apologize. And before he said, I said it, he says, I want to thank you for yelling at me. And I said, what? And he goes, we shouldn't have been doing it. It was unsafe. I'm really sorry. I'm really glad you did that. And I said, I just want you to know something. I'm sorry. I said, I am sorry. I am sorry for, for jumping ugly with you. There was, I, you're, you're a grown up. I'm not your dad. What do I just, I feel, and I, and I was like, he was apologizing. I was apologizing. We're coming together and I just, I, I thanked him and I apologized to him and he thanked me and he apologized to me. It was just kind of a, it was kind of a nice moment, frankly. But I was just like, I said, I, I, and then I ended up with saying, 
I am so impressed by your talent. You have a very, you're a very impressive young man. You're very talented. And I said something like, he's just like, I want you to be serious or something like that. But it was like this real moment of like people coming together, you know, like not really kind of this idea of, you know, maybe I'm out of touch. I'm out of touch. Maybe I'm out of touch with the youth. I am out of touch with the youth. Maybe it isn't my generation anymore. Maybe I'm like these old guys, at the, uh, you know, who see the younger guys on Insta, the old guys in a banner with the beards of Nick Gross he was talking about last week, and maybe I'm that guy. And I all of a sudden, I need to tell the younger generation how to behave. Maybe I'm out of touch with the way people are. Maybe I have no business telling younger people what to do. And uh, it, it bothered me. And it bothered me, it bothered me because I felt like I was out of control to a certain degree. I, did, I couldn't control myself. I could have just seethed, you know? I could have just been like those fucking kids. I could have done that, but I felt the need to like, I don't know be honest with you uh mark adams reaching out to mark adams you can no i forget i don't need your you don't need to you don't need to give me a psychological profile i'm i can do it myself but it was the best part about it was we kind of like cleared it up we cleared it up and i apologized to him he apologized to me and i had a a newfound respect for him and his buddies and eh, they're goofing around what's the big deal but it was cool because the cool part was was just like he and I came together and it was just like this kind of a nice moment and uh, I apologized and I felt bad about it and I, but at the same time I was just like ooh podcast content <laughs> ooh I have a news story to tell ooh maybe it's not just all some bullshit maybe I could tell a real story so uh, funny enough that I'm not, I'm not, I wish I were laughing but I was just like how can I tell this story and it'd be interesting on a podcast. But it was great. It was it was a, it was the perfect ending to a situation, especially when, you know, the Maker Camp is for people to have a good time. It's for you know, meeting of the minds. It's for like, you know, it isn't a comparison. It isn't, you know, you don't have to be, you know, the you know the the ringleader. You don't have to be the man. You you can just be and accepted by everybody else. And it was a great place. And I would highly recommend if you have the opportunity to go to maker camp next year i know they booked their book their packages up early i would highly suggest going because it's a very inspiring trip and there's some million things to do and you'll meet a pile of people i was there the whole weekend i didn't meet i didn't see a lot of the people i wanted to see like i didn't get to meet jay nielsen it would have been nice i didn't really spend much time with jimmy Duresta, but i mean it's hard to because he's like you know the king it was the food was awesome. Will Shear made the incredible chicken. He's awesome, and and then Steve Pellegrino was there. He was cooking, and it was fun to see our friends. You know, like Naram. He was good to see him. Naren was there. Uh, he's a knife maker, awesome knife maker, and it was fun. Steve, uh, uh, Hey Budden was there. He was he was the man, and and um, I know I'm forgetting a lot of people, but. It was a great event, and I just kind of wanted to recap it. And my, my voice is kind of fucked up. So, and the other thing was, this was supposed to be the 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 uh, panel discussion episode, but the problem was, when the rain came through, we couldn't work, and everything was crazy, and everybody was nuts. And I was just like, let's just. I said to when when uh, I said to Mark Adams, I have a great idea. Let's do this next year. And he goes, Are you sure? He came up to me. I felt I felt as though we were going to do the panel discussion, record it, and I felt as though when he came up to me, and he goes. My back is killing me. I thought that when he, he started in with, hey, Jeff, what's going on? Oh, he goes, I said, how you doing, Mark? He's, oh, my back is killing me. My back is killing me. I saw that as an unconscious 
let's not do the panel discussion. That to me was the his unconscious saying to me, let's not do the panel discussion. And in my mind, my unconscious talked to my conscious and like said, I immediately said, okay, great. And then I, when he said, so his unconscious said, hey, let's, my back hurts. And my, my unconscious told my conscious, that means he wants to not do the panel discussion. So I said, hey, that's great, unconscious Mark Adams. I don't want to do the panel discussion either. I want to work. I want to make up time. Let's do it next year. And that was, boom, done. And I, and, and I felt bad for the people who were ready for the panel discussion, but at the same time, it was, you know, floods and all that. I mean, there were emergencies and everything was backed up. And I felt like I, felt like I needed to be doing some work and doing some demos, demonstration. And then Mark Adams, my friend, my friend, the photographer of the stars, who the cover of this on, if you follow on Instagram, uh, uh, Night uh, Full Blast podcast, it will be me giving the bird. And I wasn't giving the bird to be cute. He was... Uh, he was taking pictures of me and the Fonner Forge guys and then me and Noah and then me and, and Mareko. And he was like, he was like, yeah, give me this and give me that. He was doing that kind of like cover girl shit. And I just said, all right, it's enough. And then I gave him the finger and that was the picture that will be here. But the funny part was, so his unconscious told me that he doesn't want to do the, sh the, the panel. And my unconscious told my conscious, let's fucking get out of this thing. And then he had the nerve to tell the people on the group chat for the panel discussion, we're not doing it because Jeff is too busy getting a spray tan. Can you believe that? He said, Jeff is too busy. He's getting a spray tan. That's not what happened, Mark. What happened was, is your unconscious told me you didn't want to do it. And you kind of like, you, your unconscious asked me to give you an out. And I did. My, con my unconscious said, let's get the fuck out of here. Let's have a beer. And that's what happened. And that's the reason why this isn't a panel discussion. So we'll try to do it again next year. We will try. I mean, your back might hurt next year too. I mean, come on. Let's, who could be a, who knows? Could be a monsoon next year. I mean, you can't, you can't, I mean, nature calls. You know, nature calls, ladies and gentlemen. And so do I. I got to go to the bathroom. So with that said, I want to thank everybody at Maker Camp for having a wonderful time. It was a wonderful weekend. I'm tired. I am exhilarated. I'm inspired by the youth. I'm inspired by my friends. I'm inspired by the new friends I've made. I'm inspired by the old friends I got to see. I, a lot of laughs. The funny thing was, is like I would tell some the funny thing. I'll, I'll leave one thing, one last joke that that well, I didn't really tell a lot of jokes that John Ariani said. But John Ariani said one thing in the morning. This is the nichest of the nichest jokes that some of you will not get at all. And it, he insulted Cliff Dufton in the funniest, most completely only maybe five or six people will get it. But it's still, it made Jesse and I laugh so hard. We, he, we, we woke up on Sunday morning, going out for breakfast, getting some coffee. John, he's up all night. He sleeps for five minutes in the car. We're walking to get coffee. He looks at Cliff. If you know Cliff, you know, he's a thin guy. He's got a beard and... You know, little beard. He's a. I mean, you can't get much more talented than, than Cliff Dufton. So we're walking to get some coffee, and John looks at Cliff, and he goes, "Hey, Cliff." He goes, "You look like I'm gonna get this right. I gotta get this right. This was so good." He says, "Cliff, you're giving off. Um, what, 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 I'm gonna get it right. I gotta get it right. You, 
Cliff Dufton, he turns to Cliff Dufton and he says, hey, Cliff, you're giving off unsuccessful Matt Harris vibes. I swear to God, Jesse and I laughed so hard. Matt Harris, he's been on the podcast. They, he definitely gave off unsuccessful Matt Harris vibes at the time. Nobody will get it except for us. It wasn't that funny when I repeated it. That's just the way it is. Once again, nature calls. But I want to thank everybody who came up to me during Maker Camp. I want to thank to my friends. I want to thank my sponsors. I want to thank everybody who was there. Uh, it was great seeing Mareko. It was great seeing everybody. It was great. I wish everyone was asking where Craig Lockwood is. But, hey, listen, you gotta, you're going to have to get the 355s to play at Maker Camp if you want to get if you want to get Mareko, to, if you want to get Craig to come next year. So that's maybe that's the move. All right, guys, we are going to see you next week. I appreciate all your support. Appreciate your kind words. Go to Full Blast Podcast on Instagram, and then you can interact with the show. If you have questions, you want to send something in. I don't know what's going on in the next couple of weeks. We'll get you something squared away. In the meantime, keep on rocking, baby. Eh, that's not the best way to end. Let's just figure out something else better than that. That was a horseshit way to end. Guys, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.